You've probably heard of us. We're on the airwaves with our podcast, Beyond Clean with Ace. We're now in our sixth season. Well, today we're launching a new show. It's going to be done every month. We're going to have a panel of experts. They're going to bring about a focus on, well, the latest challenges, solutions, and well, basically stuff in the cleaning industry. We're going to champion facility maintenance individuals. Now, if you're a manager, a supervisor, an owner, or even a building service contractor of an in-house operation, this show is for you. Hello, I'm Dave Thompson. I'm the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. I'm the author of The New Generation of Cleaning and a past owner-operator of BSC. Now, with 50 years experience, you know what? I've always got a lot to talk about. And I've always got an opinion. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't always match up with, well, everybody else. Well, today I wanted to introduce you to our panel of, well, guest speakers other than myself. First of all, we've got, well, this gentleman right here, Don Tracy. Don, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why did we select you on this show? I'm not quite sure, Dave. Thanks for having me though. Uh, my name is Don Tracy. I've been in this industry for about 35 plus years and uh, being long in the tooth, I've seen these cycle of things happen in the industry over and over. And uh, hopefully we can talk about a little bit about that today. Uh, other than that, I'm just an old guy doing my thing. <laughs> well, I understand the old guy doing his thing, but we're now we're going to go to the other side of that spectrum. Javier, what? I mean, oh, I don't know if you want to be on this group or not. Uh, we've got the two old old guys here. You're a little younger than the other ones. <laughs> Well, maybe just a little bit, but <laughs> uh, well, anyway, thanks, Dave, for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, well, I'm a BSC uh, in the Tampa Bay area, so my wife and I own Modern Clean Solutions, which uh, you know we're a commercial cleaning contractor, and uh, we uh, green friendly, which I'm sure we'll get into all those points later on. But uh, that's what we do. All right, so now we're going to bring in Bobby Zagers. You know what? Uh, we've got to have a sponsor, and he represents our sponsor today, Jim Supply. Bobby? Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm a, a third generation toilet paper salesman and uh, been, been at Jim for about 15 years and uh, through their uh, sales and uh, marketing. Well, you know, here you have the panel. Now, what are we going to talk about? You know, I want to start by talking to gentlemen about, well, <laughs> something that I don't, I don't know why it is, but it seems like everybody thinks we're in post-pandemic, post-COVID. You know, I was looking at some numbers earlier this morning. Uh, in the last 60 days here in Florida, we've went from 11% to 21%. Now, that's per week. We went from thir well, like 39,000 cases to over 78,000 cases uh, post-pandemic cleaning. Are we really out of this this issue, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm more worried about monkeypox, not COVID. So. Mm. Well, I think uh, I, I think COVID is here to stay, just like the flu is. These viruses, uh, all you can do is contain them. You cannot cure them. Just like you know, there was an Ebola pandemic back in 2015, 14. And it's still cases are still up, so I think that COVID is here to stay. I think it's like the rest of all these other viruses. I mean, you just you can have you know antibodies, you can come up with vaccines and stuff like that, but the actual eradication of the virus itself is probably never going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think the whole the whole idea of COVID is uh, blown a little bit out of proportion in our world because we clean for lots of different reasons. We clean for health, as Dave always says, and. It doesn't matter what the virus is or the bacteria that's out there. We're still cleaning pretty much the same way. If we do it right, we're doing our job and then and people are protected. I think sometimes we get so caught up into the narrative that we forget the reason why we do this. So, I, you know, whether it's COVID or it's influenza or whatever's coming down the pike, the cleaning processes are still pretty much the same. So you're not concerned about COVID and the rise? Me personally, no. No, because my wife's a nurse of 40 years and I had an insight on this long before it started and it got blown out of proportion quickly. But COVID now, 
doesn't kill people as rapidly as it did at first. It, like any other virus, it mutates and it gets lesser and lesser intense every time it mutates. So COVID itself now is just kind of like the flu. It can kill and it can uh, hurt some people who already have comorbidities or something along that line where they're, they're, their health is already uh, diminished. And if they get COVID, it just kind of pushes them along further over the edge. So, so as you're saying that, Don, um, are you familiar, anybody here familiar with the newest list on the uh, CDC's list or the EPA's list of disinfectants against this list of hue? I haven't seen it myself, no. I haven't either. The last one was a analyst or whatever where, you know, most of the, everybody was always cautious about checking your disinfectants that they were compatible or with EPA guidelines and standards and all that. Well, now, of course, you know, here, here's a new one for you. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this gentleman, but it's called Marsbug. <laughs> Marsbug? Marsbug. Yes, it's the, it's the newest one. And here's the problem. It's an Ebola-like uh, virus. So if you remember Ebola back from what, um, what was 2014, it? 2014, 15. Yeah, 2014 or something like that. So, you know, I, I think it, the, the question here is not what virus, but I think what, what we've seen here at the Academy is um, a lack of people coming in for education. It was all about it, uh, you know, uh, COVID, but now it's post COVID. So let's just go back to what we were doing. Or maybe they, maybe we've trained quite a few people and uh, those people now know what to do. Like Don was saying, if they're cleaning for a certain, and I'm Javier, if they're cleaning for a certain way and they've been taught and trained how to disinfect, how many times do you need to learn that? Yeah, that's, that's kind of my opinion of it. I don't think it actually happens in, act, in real life because as you know, <clears throat> we've all been dealing with this for years. We trained up a lot of good folks over the years and it has been, uh, it got to where it was, uh, it was academy worthy. It, it was not just your everyday janitor, housekeeper, you know, custodian, whatever. It, it wasn't somebody coming in. It was somebody who had been trained for years and years going through lots of classes. And all those folks moved on. So then, and this happened before COVID. This was going on before COVID. COVID was just the culmination of it. Uh, what I saw in the industry was people were getting trained up and they got educated. And as they got more educated, they moved on to bigger and better jobs, better salaries, uh, good for them. That's what it's all about. But we are now again, where we have people coming into the industry who have never held a broom in their hand before. Never even some of them have, you know, come from other countries have never seen a vacuum used before. And now we have to train them all the way again from square one, ABCs, and sometimes there's a language barrier, there's an understanding uh, barrier, there's all kinds of things that, that we are going to have to go back through, do all the basics again, over and over to get everybody to understand and get them back up to that level of understanding what cleaning really is about. And that was happening when COVID hit us. So we had a lot of handy people because they would never been through anything like this before. None of us have uh, in some aspects. And then others were, took it in stride. People in the hospitals, they took it in stride. They've been doing this for years. They know clean cleaning. They know what it means to be critically cleaning something. Uh, our everyday folks out there cleaning offices and houses and things like that had no clue what was going to like. So we had to do a really quick upgrade of education for these folks, sometimes over the phone. I spent hours over the phone explaining to folks what true disinfection should look like. So it was it was a bit challenging in 2020. So Javier, I want to ask you, you're the BSC in the group here. You're the one that's, the, I, I guess, challenged with what Don's explaining here. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I agree with Don 100%. I think that, yes, it is it is extremely challenging uh, now, especially when you're hiring and bringing in new folks, at least that's what we encounter, uh, to properly train them and to show them exactly on the, you know, the, what you should be doing properly for sanitation, disinfection and all that sort of stuff and exactly what it means get them to understand what it means because we we go through that problem all the time i mean 
uh, like Don said, I mean, uh, some people don't know what a broom is. They don't even know what a, what a vacuum cleaner is or, you know, whatever. And then you ask them in an interview and they tell you, oh, yes, I know how to clean. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a big challenge with that. And we, we go through that all the time, but we, we take extra special measures to make sure that people are doing things correctly. Um, and, you know, or, or if not, you know, if they have questions or they have a problem, the world is there to be able to educate them correctly when it comes to this. Because, I mean, it's we boil down to it, you know, it's it's a very serious matter. I mean, it's it's people's lives, people's health. And, um, you know, it's it, it, it really is important. So, yeah. OK, Bobby, I want to ask you, you you deal with a lot of schools with gym supply, with supplying them supplies and dealing with this uh, with schools. Um, has it changed anything from the building service contractor to the in-house operator? No, I think I think it's the same experience. The schools have had a lot of uh, people leave during COVID. They've had to uh, hire. They're having a hard time finding people um, when they're bringing them in. Um, they do when are the schools that we deal with. They are educating them on the proper way to disinfect and and uh, through the academy usually. Um, but it's the same kind of struggle. Is you gotta, everybody who walks in thinks they know how to clean just because they know how to vacuum. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, gentlemen, we're all talking about the same thing. So the other topic I want to talk about to kind of get us rolling here this morning is is going to be one that, that I see all the time that kind of bugs the heck out of me. And that is, why is it that we have to show these wonderful, well, everybody else thinks it's wonderful, before and after pictures where we've left a surface, we left a, a floor, a bathroom, whatever, get so bad that you can just throw water and use that broom you were talking about and make it look good. Why is it that we wait to let things get so bad? I mean, aren't we in facility maintenance? Is this the maintenance that really buildings are getting? I mean, you know, I see this all the time where people bring in pictures here into the classroom and go, well, you know, I use this carpet extractor and look at the big difference. And I always tell them in class, you know, is it really, does a customer really care what kind of dirty water you poured down the drain or what water you left in the, in the carpet? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree uh, with you, Dave. I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's really an important factor, a really important factor when it comes to that is, you know, it's not so much, you know, showing the, uh, the, 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 the person or the client or whatever, the, the actual, uh, dirty water or, or whatnot, but it's just the, you know, the, the system of getting them to understand on, you know, how the building maintenance should happen or how it should be maintained. So it does not escalate to that situation. I agree. So, so why, why is it that in the marketing pictures, Javier, it's always this before and after uh, that we use? Why aren't we showing pictures of our maintenance that we do? And, and if we've got certified people, why aren't we showing them the certificate? Because I think most people are reactive. They're reactive to what they see. And I think that, it, unfortunately, although this is the proper way and the standard way it is, it's kind of boring that you know you're just maintaining everything and you're not getting to a you know pro and con type situation so what i mean by that is that uh, when you see a picture of something filthy i mean horribly filthy and then you just got the complete opposite picture of something clean that that sparks people's interest all of a sudden but if you show the actual process or pictures of the process of it getting clean little by little by little by little it's not quite as exciting as it is it's the same thing in commercials. I mean, if you look at a, a, a commercial on TV from, uh, let's say, I don't know, Mr. Clean or one of these uh, other Johnson Johnson companies or whatnot, and um, they show you that, you know, they see this really nasty floor that this lady cleaning or whatever, then all of a sudden you've got the Mr. Clean product and it's, you know, sparkling. So, you know, they don't show you like the intermediate process that the person has to go through. So why, why aren't we showing the process of getting that instead of just that before and after? I mean, yeah, I don't know that. That's what's always bugged me about this industry. We're always going for the sensational when, you know what, taking care of it every day and not letting it ever get that way is much harder. I think that's more of a technical thing for the insider view of the of the business, Dave. I, I, I think what Javier is saying is if people have a seven second attention span and usually the folks who are hiring contractors, for instance, or the guy even uh, who's managing a school, whatever, They've got so much on their plate, they don't care how the process is done. 
They just want to know it gets clean. They, you know, and we say it all the time in the industry, you know, carpet, for instance, doesn't look dirty until it's full. And by the time carpet looks dirty, all that fiber underneath has been loaded with dirt and there's a tremendous amount of soil there. And nobody notices it because it hides it so well. So people don't pay attention to the details. And most of the time, they don't want to know the details. When I take my car into the shop, I don't need to know the details about how the guy changed my oil. I just want to change oil so I can go out. And I think when people hire contractors, especially, they say, I need my building clean. They don't, they probably have overall a thousand different conceptions of what that clean looks like. Javier, as the expert, knows what it should look like. And part of his process, I'm sure, as he educates his consumer, this is what we do. We do this, 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 and we have, uh, you know, we do, we use these products. We use this, this product that's safe for the environment, safe for your people. And you go on and on, you do a little marketing there. That part of it, you can tell them, but the process of how you do that, nobody cares. They <laughs> just don't, I mean, why would they? I mean, I don't care how you clean your house. Just so I walk in, I want it to smell clean. That's a good point, right. Donald. It's, it's a little boring. And yeah. So, so boring is not sensational. So let's not talk about it. Yeah, it's just not important. It's not going to sell it for how it, It's all the end result. That's all they care about. The end result. <laughs> yep. So, what is, what is the actual end result? The end result isn't the stuff going down the drain. It's actually not having a dirty floor ever. I think some of it's the integrity of the of the industry. Uh, as a as a uh, Javier, you can attest to this. As a, a BSC, if you have integrity in your business and you have integrity in your in all your folks, they're going to care about how well they do their job. The customer's not going to notice those little nuances, but they they it'll be there. Absolutely, that's that's the key, the lifeline to to maintaining um, you know maintaining the biz our business or any business as a BSC. You know, it's 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 all your reputation. It's all making sure that they're that things are being done right. It's your livelihood. Yes. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm getting at. You know, folks only want to see the end result, and then they want to see it maintained that way. So, Javier, I'm going to then, you know, come to you for this one. Um, mm -hmm. What what it, what is it that you see as a trend then in the commercial cleaning industry when you're out there on the streets working with you know clients that are coming to you? Uh, do you have a specific goal in mind? which might be different than most building service contractors, I believe. Well, one goal we have in mind is the environmental aspect of it. So, you know, as I mentioned before, we're green friendly, you know, where we try to do everything green as much as possible, but it's the education or educating the client before we sit down, before we even do a perspective, you know, estimate or bid or a walkthrough or whatever. I like to, or we like to inform all our prospective customers that we are green friendly and we are an environmental based cleaning company, you know, because there's a big, big difference. And a lot of people don't understand. And even like Don said, we were just talking about in our previous conversation. A lot of people don't care. They just want the building clean, but we take a different approach to it. You know, you got to, the, the person that we're working with or the individuals that we're working with have to want to uh, be involved in an environmental friendly type cleaning. If not, then, you know, as I always say, maybe we're not the right company for you. So, you know, I always, <clears throat> I always try to exemplify that, that matter. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so is the environmental aspect a trend in the industry or is it a fad? Do you, I mean, it, what, what, what goes here? I think it's, I think it's very, very, very much, uh, coming around. I think people are becoming more self-aware. And I noticed this because even when you go to different places and locations, it's not even talking to our customers or locations. I was over the weekend, we, we went to Clearwater Beach, my wife and I, and uh, we, we, we stayed in the hotel just for the weekend. And I was coming down the elevator and I'm always, one thing I'm always very vigilant is I'm always looking at the janitor's carts of the housekeeping staff. So I'm looking and I'm seeing, well, you know, what do they do? Well, they're using microfiber technology now. They have bucketless mops. Never had that before. Never used to see that before on a janitor's cart. You know, they have HEPA filtration vacs. So, you know, having all this stuff, that means that somebody, the management on their end from the hotel or whatnot that's, that's managing them is becoming more aware on these types of products and these environmental type, pro-environmental type products because they're using them. I mean, it's just, I think, so it's little by little, it's slow, maybe a little tedious, but you know, it, it is moving forward that way. 
So Bobby, from a distributor viewpoint, uh, he's mentioning things that are on the cleaning cart. Uh, is Jim Supply seeing this change as well? No, yeah, for a long time. I mean, the green is, there's the green part of it, and then there's just the safety of the, of the uh, uh, worker part of it that goes along with it. I mean, they'd rather use a, a microfiber, uh, pre-treat microfiber system over swinging a um, huge, large wet mop for their own safety. Um, there's the safety of them with uh, the chemicals they use. And those all coincide. I think it all connects together um, with that. So are we just talking about in-house providers or building service contractors like Javier? I mean, is it? I think he cares about, Javier cares about his employees as much as an in-house provider does. So I think that's a lot of it. Um, they care about the sustainability of it. I mean, using less water to get the job done, things like that. Um, you know, so it's the environmental, the green side of it and the uh, safety of the worker all tie in. So gentlemen, you're saying that this is not just a trend, but a staple of the business now? Oh, absolutely. I think it, I think it's a matter of this. Our industry has matured and we've been talking about like microfiber technology, like Javier said, we've been talking about that for 20 some years and it actually took 10 years for it to get it actually get some feet behind it where people would start to accept that. Yeah, that's a good product to use. I still to this day have folks and usually it's somebody who's just coming into the industry, never been here before in the, in this world. And um, they want to sling a wet mop around. And when I, as soon as you show them the advantage of using a microfiber system, they, they get it. They, they've seen it. They may even use it at home, but they never thought they could use it in the commercial workplace. And when we show them how to do that, they, they get it a lot faster. So it's a maturity of, of that education all the things that we sell nowadays there's really nothing new under the sun it's just we've been talking about it so long it feels you know it feels like it's getting dated but it's still new to all these other folks so i think it's just a maturity of the industry plus there's a lot more acceptance to doing things uh, environmentally correctly that's been educated to folks for at least 20 years now uh, and it, it just seeps in gradually uh, be part of the cycle we were some friends and i were talking about how Back in the day, they used to smoke on airplanes, and that was acceptable. And today, even folks who smoke would never even dream of doing that. Uh, so it's just, it's a, it's a gradual growing process for folks to finally accept the new standard. And I think that's where we're at in our industry. We have a new standard that was, is acceptable. Some people can't always articulate and say what they, they're looking for, but we, we are the guys who come in guys and gals who went and say, hey, okay, what, what I think you're looking for is this. And we articulate it to them. And they go, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. That, that I guess where the industry is right now. So then I'd like to say from the distributor viewpoint, what you put on the shelf, what you're out there presenting, um, are these trends now going to keep us moving further into indoor air quality issues rather than surface disinfection? Bobby, I mean, you know, you're the one that brings in most of the stuff and works with these vendors. I don't, I don't know if I would consider it a new trend though. I mean, like Don, Don said, this has been going on, this is 15, 20 years of this. I think it part, it's an integral part of our, our industry. And uh, as things progress and other things like indoor air quality have become important, um, those uh, those things, then they, they uh, seep into the conscious as, as Don was pointing out. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I guess the thing is, yeah, we're saying 15, 20 years, but in our industry, it moves so gosh darn slow. Yep. Yeah. You know, 15 years in our industry is new. Uh, it's not like other industries. So, yeah, I, th I still have people taking microfiber classes, don't know what microfiber is. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, Dave, that they, the industry, we're, we're, we just might as well do a reset. The difference is the industry professionals who have been here a while know all of these things. We were we'll, we were all still learning it as it went along. We have the industry has matured. The folks who've been in it a while have matured, and we all know all the facts and, and pieces. We all know all the parts and pieces. What we're trying to do now is educate folks who are just coming into the industry. We're giving them we're giving them first grade, and then we're going to give them second grade, and we're going to graduate them eventually. But it doesn't, you can't shove it all into them at once. You can't, you know, shove that fire hose down that funnel. It just doesn't work. You have to give them a little piece at a time, let them gravitate to it. When they see that it works, then they trust the management and they, they trust the, the knowledge that they're receiving a little more each time to where finally 
the management folks, the uh, BSC contractors, all those guys, when they speak, their folks will go, yeah, they, they know what they're talking about. It, it's a it's just an education process and it's ongoing. It's job security for every one of them. We'll be well, here. I, I, I saw you back there nodding along. You're the mm -hmm. ones that, that has to deal with things like, do we have the right standards? Uh, you know, what's the regulations? Um, when it comes to these things like this that we're talking about now, nobody requires any of this anymore. I mean, nobody's been requiring it. So why should you as a building service contractor try to have it? Well, you know, I think that it, it I mean, it, it's two, two part uh, a thing I always look at. It. I mean, it's from an ethical standpoint to where, you know, this is the right thing to do. And this is the way you should be doing and conducting your business uh, from our side, from the BSC side. That's the way you should do it. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a knowledge platform thing. So, you know, it's it's really it. It's kind of it's kind of a tricky type situation, but I look at it more from an ethical standpoint. You know, I say to myself, well, you know, if I know this is the right thing or these are the right ways to be showing folks or to doing things the way the, the, the things should be done, you know, you, you should just follow that platform. So, you know, I've always said, gentlemen, you know, there is a time and a place for everything. If you're going to do it, do it right. And if you're going to do it right, it's worth marketing. So, you know, my, my thing is when it comes to standards, since nobody's requiring of that of us, why aren't people that are trying to use them like you, Javier, why aren't more people, if this is going to be the industry in the way we should, why aren't we actually showing really what it is instead of just using the words on our websites and saying, well, we have a green cleaning chemical or whatever. I think the word nobody is a big word. I mean, people require this stuff, Dave. There's bids written with this stuff. There's school systems that write up their whole system with it. Saying the word nobody's requiring it is uh, is a little, uh, a little too uh, monolithic. Well, I told you a lot. All my opinions are the ones that meet everybody that everybody likes, you know? Yeah. Bobby has a different opinion. I mean, I cite nobody because I don't get anybody coming in here saying other than every once in a while, I got a guy comes in and says, well, I got a new contract and they required me to have this. That happens so very little. Uh, somebody did that. That's what that is. So it's not a nobody. But you're right, uh, but Bobby's right about the, you know, requirements. I mean, look how many buildings now are LEED certified buildings, that, that they're building these buildings and they want, you have to, even to be able to bid on these buildings from a BSC side, you have to make their, you know, their standards that they're looking for, for, for environmental friendly stuff. So does that mean you just have to say you do or do you have to actually show a document? Oh, you know, you would have to show documents. You know, definitely you do. I mean, I know Dave in your class, you know, you obviously you have a, you know, a green friendly uh, at the academy, uh, uh, you know, certification. And there's other certifications that these contractors that are building these buildings that they want to do them in, in the lead fashion that they're, you know, you have to at least show or prove that, you know, you, you have some kind of background in, in doing this type of situation or else, you know, you, you, like I said, you won't even be able to bid for the, for the contract. I mean, They'll say, well, you know, we got three other companies that are certified in this. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, you, you guys don't have an outlook on this type of uh, uh, style or, or technique that we're looking for. So uh, we'll just pass you and move on to somebody else, you know? Yeah. Don, I think you and I are the old guys on the show here today. And it's kind of obvious. You and I had share one of the same things. And that's we continue to talk about as we quit this industry, uh, say at some point, we're not both ready. I, I'm not saying that, but you know, I think the thing is, is re recognizing that we're talking about giving our knowledge and what we've done in the last 50 years in the industry to the younger generation so that they can pick it up. And we're not all talking the same language. So standardization is different. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, I, and I understand what you're getting at. The It goes back to what I've said all along here is we're going back to basics, and even the industry has to go back to basics. We we have the um, we tend to think that everybody knows at least some of the things that we know, and they do not. You know, I go into uh, meetings almost every time, and I just have to I talk to myself. I tell myself I'm starting with a per person. I have to start from square one and find out how much do they know. What do they know? How do they use their products? How do they, you know, what, what cleaning procedures do they know about? And then whatever they don't know, 
then I got to figure out very quickly, as part of a salesman, you do this rapidly in your brain, you got to figure out where do you start. Get started, uh, you know, with F when you start, you got to start at A. A, B, C, D, E, always you got to start from the basics, but you got to know what they know first. So going back to your, I was curious about the lead thing. Uh, the, the documentation that's needed by BSCs, et cetera, is different for different locations. And when you get a lead building, I've talked to people in, in lead certified buildings who are like building managers who have no idea what lead means. Yeah. So well, I, it, it, is throughout the entire industry. It's not just the cleaning folks. It's, it's the guys that run the buildings. It's a, every job out there has new folks in it that have never been in that job before. No, okay, so Javier wants to talk here. I can tell that. He's, <laughs> right. no, no, just going back to Don's point. No, Don's absolutely right. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, general contractors, builders that are you know building these these skyscrapers, high rises, or even mid-sized buildings or whatnot. They don't know what this stuff is about. They don't know have anything about it. They just got somebody told them, hey, this is the way that we have to design this building. This is how we have to do this. So, yeah, it's true. It's not very publicized. Uh, you know around i mean it's just you know it's something well, i think it's, it's kind of it's in its infancy in a lot of places yeah, lead came out back in the 90s i think it was right Dave? yeah it was in the 90s at some time yeah, i don't remember it, exactly when though, but. it was i was in dc at that time and it was a big deal because all was coming out of dc legislation etc and in that area all those folks were just rushing to try to get to lead certification because they thought they could get benefits and they could get win bids and things like that right and it was a cluster it just was a total mess and then it just kind of went away for a while I mean, it's like anything else you know the the hot button of the day is what we talk about like COVID has taken all of our energy for almost three years so we are now coming out of that and I mean, I'm curious to see what the in on the street what is the new uh concern what's going to be the new concern for folks out there? Right. we have a lot of empty buildings in our area down here so I'm thinking BSC's got to be struggling trying to find work because there's, the office buildings are empty. Now, I am seeing filled back up. So once those buildings start to fill back up, what's going to be the new concern for all those folks? So, Don, that's a great one. I want to then go to Bobby and say, so you're the guy in charge of bringing solutions to us. What's the new solutions for next year? I mean, what's on the, what's on the horizon? So you mean uh, just for in, in general or not about lead? I, hey, whatever. We'll, I, go, yeah. we'll go in general. I think I think the biggest struggle that, and Javier, you might chime in and let us know too. I know we've had issues finding people, getting people. I'm pretty sure that's universal throughout the United States. And I know school systems having issues finding people and getting people. And I, I think what we need to bring is solutions to that. So it's mechanization, it's autonomous scrubbers, it's it's different stuff that can speed up their their processes um, through workloading um and through their inspection pieces so um those are the things we bring to the two two people right now because those are the things that will help affect their job mm -hmm. yeah well, I, I, 20, I 23 bobby what's going to be the thing that you think that you see is going to go aha you know because like we were mentioning here at the top of the show these viruses haven't went away javier you were you, you said that Right. We're going to be starting. We're going to be fighting these. Uh, we're not going to be talking about electrostatic sprayers and air purifiers in 23, are we? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be robots. I think it's autonomous scrubbers. I think it's autonomous vacuums. I think it's it's that type of um, technology that when we have less of the workforce and we need them to do more things, um, we got to. That's the stuff that the, our industry's got to bring bring to the table. So we're, 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 ta we're talking uh, about technology and gentlemen, we're using technology today right here on this show that two years ago, uh, people in the cleaning industry would have never used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, technology we're, we're talking about, are we doing more of this now? I mean, sales meetings are a thing of the past, right? Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> we, do, we do them through this type of technology. Yeah. COVID taught us how to do this. Everybody, I, mean, I think it's interesting from my viewpoint because I'm the one that gets to run the, the board here for all these things. And you know, how a vendor comes in and goes, Well, I thought we were going to have a sales meeting with a whole bunch of individuals. And I go, Yeah, they're all on the screen there. Say hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, to, to, to Bobby's point, um, I, I agree with him 100%. I think autonomous 
And I think that it is the wave of the future. I think that probably 40, 50 years from now, you're going to see that there, you're not going to really need a huge workforce or maybe hardly any workforce for getting things done as far as flooring and maybe other general cleaning applications. I think the machines, you know, are, are really, you know, they're, they're really going to be there to, to, you know, to really, uh, uh, you know, spark this industry a lot more, you know, and also the other point that Bobby made was uh, if we were going, if we're going to the same problem, yes, we are. Absolutely. We've had to increase wages substantially to be able to even to get somebody who would want to apply or even want to come in because I mean, there's some fierce competition out there. I mean, even the, the, the fast food industry, which is completely different than our industry, they're paying top dollar by comparison to what, you know, for a, for a somewhat, you know, more menial type worker, uh, than they did 10 years ago or five years ago. I mean, you never saw, you know, you go, there's billboards at McDonald's and Burger King and, and Wendy's that they're paying a lot of, you know, a lot more money for, for the job that they're, that they're, they're being, you know, contracted to do. So that puts us in a predicament the same way and say, well, you know, I want a good person that's going to come clean, that's going to work for us, but they're going to make more money working at Wendy's than they are with us. <laughs> you know? so, so, gentlemen, I'm going to ask a question from the viewpoint of education, and I'm the one that's got to come up with these things for the next year. I'm looking at what do I need to do for next year? Are you saying that I need to put class together that teach people how to do computer stuff rather than run a vacuum cleaner? or uh, wash windows. Uh, I mean, if technology is going to rule, then I got to teach people how to run a robotic auto scrubber, a vacuum cleaner, or a, a robotic restroom cleaning machine. Is this what I'm looking at? Well, it's probably a mix of both. It's a mix of that and it's a mix of what other things you can do that, that you can do the task faster at. So if it goes from, and you do teach this already, Dave, but if it goes from an upright vacuum to a backpack vacuum to a battery backpack vacuum, and how that's going to speed up the process and if that's going to um if you have less employees how how that will help you in that situation well don i'm going to ask you you're the guy out there on the street you know shuffling shuffling the, the shoe leather still um are customers ready to go this way no they're not ready they never are they're never ready for anything that's new coming along with that <laughs> so, so you're trying to get them ready huh well, some of it you have to ed educate them. I mean, I was at the what was that? The Sam's Club the other day, and a and a scrubber just about ran me over. It was an automatic, a robotic, large ride-on scrubber that can be ridden on by an employee, or it can be set for automatic. And it was just chugging along through the building while people were there, which I thought was kind of unique. But uh, uh, it it did a pretty good job. I was watching it. It actually did a fairly good job. It doesn't get the details, and that's what's going to be part of the process. I was thinking about the robotics that. The robotics have been around for a while and we've tried and tried to get people to use them and some folks have gravitated to them some schools some hospitals have used them but the challenge has always been that you still need a person to run that robot and i think for javier especially like a, a bsc scenario uh, they can put a robot in a building but they still need a person to monitor that robot and then you have to train that person to not only run the robot but then also be productive while the robot is running because you don't want to pay a person to go over and have a have a seat in the lounge and just hang out while this robot's doing all the work. That gentleman or that lady has to go do something else because that's what the productivity is all about. That's how we sell these machines. We sell them that you can alleviate a person walking behind an automatic scrubber and they can go do something else. Well, in the past that hasn't happened because the robots have been problematic. There's been, hit, you know, it's like any other industry. It's, it's growing, it's, it's learning. It'll get much better. There will be robots out there. I also think there'll be self-cleaning uh, restrooms. In public areas, there'll be restrooms that absolutely just, uh, it'll shutter down all the paper goods. It'll, it'll close them up and the place will be showered, uh, blown dry with, with air and vacuumed automatically. I think that's coming. I've seen it happen before and they've tried different things. But that's the only way you can do a restroom, just basically flush the thing down. I think when they do that, that gives everybody a chance to do a whole lot more other, more productive things than, you know, cleaning toilets. So I gotta go hard here. Uh, what are you gonna do whenever there's self-cleaning restrooms? I mean, gee. It's, a, it's well, like, like 911, it'll be boop, 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 boop. The thing will shut down and it'll be out of water for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully I'll be retired by then, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, 
no, no, but it's true. I, I agree with Don, though. I, I think that all that stuff is going down. There. But I think I think it's really important, like he mentioned before, the human factor is never going to go away. No. You know, you still, you can have the most wonderful machines and the most high technology. You'll need to use the... You, exactly. You got you got to have, there's still got to be a brain, a human brain behind the... No, 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 Well, if you can find someone that has have one, but... <laughs> Okay, so I've kind of went through my list of all of the different topics. I think we've kind of explored what's going to happen that we kind of looking at. Uh, so uh, any any parting words, uh, Javier, from you know the green side, building service contractor, uh, you know, the young gun of the group here, if you will, you've got to say that. Well, I mean. I, as I said, I, I mean, I, I'm very happy of, uh, to, you know, to do what we do. I, I love doing what we do and I'm, you know, just want to educate people more and get them to understand, uh, you know, how important our industry is, uh, and, and really how it affects people's lives in, in many different aspects. So, um, I say just, you know, for those people out there, just keep, keep working hard, keep cleaning and just doing a good job. And, you know, it's very important. <laughs> Folks, if you want to reach out to Javier, uh, his uh, information uh, website's coming, or his uh, email is scrolling across the bottom. Uh, website, and hey, we've got to give a shout out to your wife because she just wouldn't like it if we didn't, right? I appreciate that, Dave, because she was asking me about that. The other day. Like, do you guys mention me at all on your show? I'm like, no. All right. Dave will plug you in there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Jada, we want you to know that we did mention you on the show uh, because, well, it depends on who you're talking to as which is a better part of the cleaning operation, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, ModernCleaningSolutions.com. That's where you can find uh, Javier. He's over in the Tampa Bay area. Um, you started about five years ago, right? We did. We started in 2017. And my first class was your class, the Green Masters class, uh, which I did. And I, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Gem Supply. I didn't know anything about any of you guys, you know, that. And then I took your class and then we, we got an interest in this business and started learning a lot about it. And and of course, learning, you know, trying to learn to do things the right way. So, yeah, here we are now. We're five years going strong, doing well. My goodness. Knock on wood. Sur surviving the challenges and moving forward. We, yeah, well, we've been, luckily, Dave, we've been very blessed this during COVID because I, I've got some friends of mine that are in a different industry, but they're in the restaurant industry and they lost their restaurant. They went bankrupt. Um, and, you know, they all had to do something else for a living. So, you know, I... I, I consider myself that, you know, although in our business, actually, as bad as, as, bad as it sounds and as, as terrible as it is, there was a lot of profitability from COVID. I mean, I know that we did a lot of, uh, you know, electrostatic spraying and a lot of different things. We were contracted a lot during that time. So, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those things, but, you know, but overall, yeah, you know, we weren't impacted very hard by COVID as, as a business, that, that I should say. You know, and as you say that, Javier, I see more building service contractors coming into class this year than I have before. Uh, In-house providers uh, aren't coming to class right now. Don't know why that trend is, but I think just like you, people are waking up that there's COVID did bring about that we have to look at things differently. And so I think a lot of contractors are now saying, I've got to look at other services because I've got to stay sustainable. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Don, let's uh, go to you. Uh, it's the end of the show. You've, you and I usually have a lot to talk about. I hate to ask, what would you like to finish with? Because it could be a long conversation. But Don Tracy's with Jim Supply, jimsupply.net. You're the boots on the street. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me today. It's been uh, it's been fun. It's always fun when we get together. You know, old guys can talk. Uh, I just like to encourage anybody listening to this that the uh, the industry is not going away. We will always, you know, as long as there's folks out here creating dirt. Because it, here's my scenario: I've always said, a building sitting empty, not being used, nobody comes and goes from it, is as clean the day you open it up ten years later as it is the day that you close it. What makes the building dirty is folks going in and out of it. So as long as folks are moving around and going in and out of places, those places are going to get, need to get clean one way or another. And you can never do away with these. Uh, I don't think any robot will ever replace the God-given digits that we got. 
and uh, there's just pieces and parts of that that we have to do ourselves. We'll be able to roboticize some of the things and, and, and make it automatic in some ways. And that's good for everybody because we won't have to, you know, a lot of automation has saved a lot of backs, saved a lot of injuries over the years. So automation is a good thing. Embrace it when it comes down the pike. And I hope the, the creative people come up with things that actually uh, make our jobs a lot easier, make it better, make it quicker, make it uh, more fun. Maybe I don't know. Riding on auto covers was a lot more fun than pushing a floor machine around. So you know, you talk about that, Don, and I remember the days when uh, no-touch cleaning systems came around. Mm -hmm. We thought, oh, wait a minute, you know, we're never going to be doing that. But no-touch cleaning systems now are a staple of the industry. Uh, battery-powered, whatever battery-powered equipment came around, we were like, really? But now you can you can get battery-powered almost anything. Yeah. It's like any other industry. When it first comes out, it's very expensive. Uh, any industry, any product, when it first comes out, you have to pay for the innovation and the uh, uh, the research and all the marketing goes into it. And after it gets its gets the legs under it and gets mainstream, then it becomes more affordable. So robotics and all that will become more affordable. Uh, but it, going back to the original statement, uh, we still got folks to, and we'll always have folks coming in. There was four million immigrants that came across our border this year. Where do you think those folks are going to get jobs? Regardless of all the politics or whatever you might think about it, those folks are in our country and they're going to need to work to make a living or to do something. And guess what? Well, our industry is one of those industries where those folks can get a job today. Javier will hire them and put them to work if, he, if they come to him and, and they have the right credentials and the right integrity. So it will say what you want. We need folks like that who will start out and we're a startup industry. We, you, we bring people in, we train them up, and they move on to other industries from us. But we're kind of an industry, kind of like McDonald's. You don't go to McDonald's to create a career. You go to McDonald's to support yourself during high school. Uh, you Don, go I see, Don, I want to say I see a whole new start of our next show right there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. I, I, I can just feel it coming. I, I can, I, I'm going to make a note of it because... Stay tuned. Where's the labor force coming from? It bears a lot of conversation. Uh, well, not there yet. Yeah. Thanks, Can I put here with, with Bobby for a moment? Uh, you know, I think that uh, right here at the end, you know, Don's talking about, you know, technology and robotics, and I don't know, he's not so excited about it. That's all right. He doesn't have to be. <laughs> he probably hasn't sold them. But um, that aside, the uh, you don't, when in, and that is one thing, Don, that you're saying that is true, though, is you don't, when, when we're talking about robotics, we're not talking about replacing a person you're usually talking about replacing 80 percent of their labor so there is still that 20 percent of the as you like to say this but if i can replace 80 percent of that that's either bottom line or that's uh, more productivity um if i'm especially if i'm down on staff so um i think we all agree we're on the same on the same page on that i'm pretty sure but i want to point out that i'm not casper the ghost and i want you to switch over Oh, come on. <laughs> Your fantasy just takes over. You see, right? I have color in my face. <laughs> I've got a camera that's got no color. So, anyways, I'm back. As it should be. There you go. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't know that, I'd have put us both on the big screen so everybody could have really seen that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, gentlemen, it's, uh, I knew it was going to happen. Folks, I, can, I you know what? I think I need to remove certain people from the feed right now. Hey, you um, asked me on here. <laughs> you know, hey, that's the thing about electronics, and I have a button to click. I can do that, right? There you go. Hit the button. Dude. Hit, the button. Hit, the, hit the button and remove you. <laughs> Not quite yet. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, we want to say a special thanks to Jim Supply, our sponsor. We are broadcasting out of the classroom here uh, uh, from the academy. We are a part and a division of Jim Supply. Um, Six years ago, I moved down here. We started the academy, moved the education department from what they had to what you see today. We're so happy to be able to broadcast these shows. This will be a monthly show that we're going to be doing uh, with the same other three guys with me. From time to time, we'll have a different guest speaker come in and add a little different flavor to it. We've got a couple more people lined up for later in the year. But this is our inaugural show, so if you if you saw a glitch or saw something you didn't like, you know, hey, uh, leave us a comment. Let me put this up here. You know, 
here's our web, here's our email address. Leave us a thought. If you have a topic that you'd like the gentleman and I to talk about, send it to us. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Hey, what else do we have to do? You know, I guess we got something else to do. So speaking of that, gentlemen, goodbye. I'm going to close the show out. Thanks for being on the show today. See you, Dave. See you, Dave. So I want to let you know that we are having two uh, things come up here. Uh, we're going to be running the uh, festival. It's going to be, let me see if I've got that here. Well, I thought I had it here, but maybe not. Anyway, uh, we have a cleaning festivals that are going to be set up for next year. We did a virtual conference a couple months ago in April, and it was well received. But we're going to have a live conference and cleaning festival here. First one is going to be February the 23rd of 23. So we'd also like for you to subscribe, uh, like our channel. Let me see if I can get that up here for you. Uh, let's see here. There's the festival, cleaningfestival.com. This will be how that you can get uh, all the information about the festivals we're going to have four different shows, four different cities. We're going to have Rockstar Talks. We're going to be recognizing the Rockstar Custodian of the Year for this year, 22. Uh, anyway, that's coming up in February. We want you to make sure that you go to Beyond Clean with Ace. That's our podcast. So this is just a service of our podcast because you know what? During the show that we did in uh, April, we had several people that wanted to you'll see a roundtable discussion. So that's what you've just experienced today. Listen to the podcast. We're going to be uh, at the FSPMA show and also at the MSPA show, uh, both of those in September. Our next show here on, uh, on uh, Talking Clean in a Dirty World is going to be around August the 15th. Uh, we're going to see how this one goes and let you know. So if you don't mind, here's my personal email address. If you have a thought or a comment, you like the show, you want to see something different, please like, subscribe, share, comment, all of our stuff. You can find us at this hashtag here, hashtag Academy of Clean, everything that we do and what we need uh, to, to make it a clean world. We thank you for being here with us and uh, hopefully you come back and see us again.